Hey everyone, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola from clevergirlfinance.com and today we're going to be talking about how not to play yourself because you don't want to be doing that. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> and I'm also going to be answering a couple listener questions. So let's get right into the topic. Okay, so today's story comes from a client of mine and I have permission to talk about this on the podcast. And it's just basically her story and her initial mindset and how she turned things around for herself financially. So she had met me at an event and she had approached me at this event to talk about her financial situation. And she wanted to talk about, you know, some credit card debt she was in. She had maxed out her credit cards and she wasn't paying back um, the credit card debt back to the company. Um, She had written some bad checks and had overdone her bank account. So she was having trouble with her bank. But when she approached me and the way she approached me, she was just like, well, you know, I know you're all about personal finance, but I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm not about that because I have this debt and I have this overdrawn bank account. But if the bank or if the credit card company thinks they're going to be getting any money back from me, then they're playing themselves. And I was like, oh, okay, why would you say that? And she just basically went into this whole, you know, excuse rant about how they should never have given her the money. You know, they're the ones that ruined her credit. She was young. She didn't realize what it meant. And, you know, she couldn't afford to pay it back. And now she's just trying to figure things out. And if they think that they're going to get their money back from her after they've messed up her finances, then they can think again. So basically they're playing themselves. And she was just basically of the opinion that she's just going to go open another bank account and start saving money and live her life on a cash basis and focus on saving money to buy a house. And so my question to her then was, well, how do you intend to buy this house? And she's like, well, she's going to go get a mortgage. And after a few years, she, she's sure that she will be able to get a mortgage. And I was like, Mm-mm, that's not how it works. If you want to be able to accomplish that goal of home ownership, of being a home owner, then no one's going to give you a mortgage based on you know your past behavior, knowing that you haven't paid off your debt, knowing that you have bad credit, knowing that you can't show good records from your bank. You're going to have to fix all this stuff. And if you're serious about becoming a homeowner and serious about being able to qualify for a mortgage to purchase your house, if you're not going to be able to buy it in cash, then you're going to need to get your finances in order. And during the course of that conversation and subsequent meetings that we had, you know, helping her understand that she needed to take ownership of her finances helped to bring down that wall of resistance because she had initially come up, you know, she had come up to me very like, you know, intent on what she was going to say and how she felt and blaming her situation on the banks and on the credit card companies because she felt like she had been taken advantage of that you know they took advantage of her and it's true sometimes banks and credit card companies can behave in a very predatory way all you you know I've had that experience if you listen to my podcast on my on my first credit card I talk about not having a clue but still being able to qualify for a credit card and that was due to predatory behavior but at the end of the day your financial situation, the the mistakes you've made with your money, how you intend to move forward, all of that is your responsibility. And you can't push the blame onto the bank or to the credit card company because they're in the business of making money and this is their business by giving out credit and making money on interest. And so blaming them doesn't help you because it just further impacts your own financial situation because they will continue to report negatively on your credit. You know, they'll continue to prevent you from being able to open a bank account. And so it's important that you take ownership. Otherwise, the only person that's going to be getting played is you. And you definitely don't want that. And so fast forward 
a couple years and she's doing awesome. Um, I met her just when I started Clever Girl, Clever Girl Finance and you know she's paid off most of her debt. She's resolved her issues with her bank. She's rebuilding her credit and she's working towards her dream of becoming a homeowner. So what is the whole point of me talking about her story on the podcast today? I brought it up because it's important for us to take ownership of our finances and that is something that We know we should be doing, but we're not all doing that. Taking ownership is so important. So I always use use this example, and you've probably heard it on older episodes, but come retirement, come 20 years from now, 30 years from now, nobody is going to be waiting for you with a mansion and a bottle of champagne saying, hey, I saved this for you. You have to do this for yourself. Nobody can care about your financial future more than you. And pushing the blame off to the bank, the credit card company, your ex-husband, your boyfriend, your parents is not going to help solve their current situation. Yes, those people or those things may have caused you to make some money mistakes. However, what are you going to do next? What is going to be your next line of attack, your next action to help you get to the things that you want to accomplish, to help you turn those dreams you have into reality. Because if you keep dwelling on the fact that somebody did you wrong or something did you wrong, or it's their fault that you got this debt or whatever the excuse might be, then you're not going to make any progress and you just stay stuck. And when it comes to being stuck, it's surprising how many people stay in this one position because they're blaming all these people and all these things. And Time goes by regardless of what you're doing. And so it's so easy to look to fast forward five years from now and then look back and be like, oh my goodness, I've made zero progress because I've been blaming all these other factors except for myself. So yes, some things may have happened. Some people may have caused you to make mistakes, but what are you going to do next? And it's important that you take ownership because until you take ownership of your finances, until you are 100% responsible until you make yourself 100% responsible for your financial future, then you're really not going to make much progress because you can't win. You can't succeed if you're laying the blame on everybody else. You are just, you know, it's a distraction almost because you're, you're focusing all your energy and your emotions and your time and all that stuff on the things that people have done wrong or the things that are wrong as opposed to what can you do next. So it's important to think about where you are with your finances right now. And if you feel like something or someone has caused you to be there, that's fine. You know, let it go, forgive yourself, forgive them, but then you have to decide and you have to be intentional about the next steps you take so that you can be successful with your finances. So it's super, super important to take ownership and I always stress that taking ownership is one of the first steps. Ownership in combination with having the right mindset, the mindset of that, the mindset of I can do this, I will do this. Those two things are super powerful when it comes to how well you do in terms of accomplishing your goals. So take ownership, take ownership, take ownership. I can't stress it enough. Okay, so now that I'm off my soapbox, <laughs> I'm just going to answer a couple listener questions that were sent in to me. Thank you guys so much for sending these questions in. Um, I'm going to read them out and then tell you my opinions or recommendations about what you can be doing um, in terms of the question you asked. So the first question comes from Stephanie, and she wanted to know, when is it a good idea to refinance for faster mortgage loan payoff? 
And this is a great question because a lot of times when interest rates go down or become lower, a lot of people start thinking about refinancing their mortgage in order to save money. However, there's a couple things you need to keep in mind or put into consideration before you make that decision to refinance. So when it comes to refinancing your mortgage to pay off your home faster or to save money, you want to determine how long you intend to stay in that home, and you also want to determine if the cost of the refinance plus the payments that you're going to be making on your mortgage with the new interest rates are actually going to save you money. So when you add in those refinance costs uh, and your new interest rate, the mortgage from your new interest rate, is it going to come out cheaper than what you actually pay now? And that also ties into how long you're going to stay in the home. For instance, let's say you only plan to stay in your house for another two years or 24 months and you take that refinancing cost and you divide it by 24 months, you have a certain number. When you add that cost of refinance every month for the next 24 months onto your new mortgage payment, is it lower than your current mortgage payment? Because if it's more expensive, um, because you're only going to be in that house for the next two years, then it might not really make sense to refinance your mortgage because you're not really going to be saving any money. So the payment, the mortgage payment, your new mortgage payment itself might seem cheaper, but when you factor in the refinancing costs, it may not necessarily be cheaper. However, if you're going to be in the house long-term and you know that you know, you're going to be in the house for several years and you do the calculation and with the cost of the refinance and also the your new mortgage payment, when you add those two things together, it comes out cheaper than what you currently pay now, then it might be a good idea. However, another alternative is that you can just make a goal that based on your current mortgage payment and your current interest rate that you're going to pay as much more as possible that you can on top of your mixed on top of your fixed payment to be able to pay off your your debt faster so that way you save the refinancing costs and you're paying off your debt faster at the same time and by debt I obviously mean your mortgage debt in this scenario um there are also a few calculators online there are actually several calculators online that can help you determine whether it makes sense to refinance or not um, Bank rate, lending tree, a bunch of companies online have um, calculators that you can, you know, put in your numbers and just make sure that it makes sense for you. So I hope that helps to answer your question, Stephanie, and thank you so much for sending it in. So the next question comes from Lena. Lena had listened to episode 10 of the podcast where I talked about being able to save and pay off debt at the same time, but she wanted to know how it applied to someone who is moving out of state. Can you still save money and pay off debt at the same time knowing that you have a move coming up? And so in episode 10, I basically talked about how it is possible to save money and pay off debt at the same time with a strategic plan where you put aside $1,000 towards emergency savings and you contribute a small amount to your retirement savings either to get a match or 5% and then you aggressively attack your debt. But in the instance where you're moving out of state, I would recommend that you still get your emergency fund in place. You still continue to make that small contribution to your retirement savings. However, that aggressive debt repayment, you're going to have to adjust it to accommodate your move. So number one, you wanted to, you want to find out what is the cost of your move? How much is this move going to cost you? Then number two, you need to build the cost of the move into your budget. So if your move is going to cost you $1,000, then over X amount of months before you move, you want to make sure that you can put the funds aside to 
save that $1,000 towards your move. And then after you've put your monthly savings in towards your move, continue making your debt payments. Once you've completely saved the amount of money you need for your move, then you can go back to aggressively attacking your debt. And following this approach will basically help you or or will prevent you from having to leverage debt to support your move. So it's all about planning ahead for the move and putting the funds you need aside for that move. And then once those funds are in place, then you go back to putting all of your extra money towards aggressively paying off your debt. And again, if you want to get into the details about saving and paying off debt at the same time, check out episode 10. But I did mention here about still contributing that small amount to retirement savings because I think that's really important. And I think it's important that you take advantage of time and the power of compounding. So even if it's just a small percentage that you contribute to retirement savings, do that to get the match or contribute 5% and then turn your focus to aggressively paying off your debt. And then once you have paid off your debt, then you can ramp you can wrap your savings up uh, in terms of your emergency savings, getting it to six to nine months, saving for other big goals, and then increasing the amount of money you put into your retirement savings. So I hope that helps to answer your question, Lena, and thank you so much for submitting that as well. So that's everything I wanted to talk about on today's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. And if you have questions, send them in info at clevergirlfinance.com and be sure to head over to my website, clevergirlfinance.com and subscribe there so you can get access to my weekly newsletter and my resource library. And also be sure to head over to Instagram and follow me there at clevergirlfinance. I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye.